50th episode. We've been doing it that long already. 50. Oh, crazy, right? Yeah. That is ridiculous. In a good way, I hope. <laughs> People must think they do not have like the most boring lives. They just all they do is watch films. <laughs> but well, what else can you do really right now? To be fair, I love it though. I've literally come consumed with it. So I hope everyone's enjoying it as much as we are because. Yeah, I would very much hope that people do get something out of this, at the very least. Even if it's not massive numbers, we we have a lot of fun doing these recordings, especially getting you to give your thoughts 100%. and feelings on these. I also think it's the best conversations we have. <laughs> you have to actually sit and look at me and talk to me <laughs> for like an hour. Sometimes that doesn't happen. His phone <laughs> has to go away, you know, like 100% quality time here. So, as I mentioned in our last episode, which you should go and check out, thank you please, (laughs) we started this podcast journey with an anime, and now 50 episodes on, we're at another anime film. We do quite, seem to do quite a few on this channel more than I thought, but I do enjoy watching them. Yeah, you really do enjoy that. I I didn't realise how much... I actually love anime. I didn't think I was that kind of person, to be to be honest. I love the artwork, but I didn't think I'd want the subtitles. I thought I would be one of those girls that would want the dub kind of English over it. But now I've seemed to have to have the original voice casting and everything like that, which is strange because I would never be like that. So thank you, Paul, for educating me a little bit. You're welcome. And this time we're going to be talking about Tokyo Godfathers, the 2003 film directed by Satoshi Kon. Now, the only other film I've seen of his was called Paprika. And that was a long time ago. I saw that, so I don't... It's on the watch list in the future, I think, for... To re-watch. I was going to say, I don't yeah. think I, that doesn't ring a bell no, to me that no, I've seen that. No. Is that like the herb, like the spice paprika? I've got this really, really cute paprika bottle in my head and no, thinking it's no, something no, to it's, do with cooking. No, it's, it's a, a, all to do with... Well, I can't even... <laughs> I wish I could explain it really, but I can't remember. I wouldn't be doing it justice of trying to explain what it was about. <laughs> but it's not, no, it's not, it's not a little an, inanimate object brought to life. It's to do with humans okay well definitely something to look into for the future then for sure so going to the theme of christmas and it being our third episode of christmas and then obviously we've only got one more after that which really devastates me (laughs) because i feel like this one for me is not as christmassy as i'd have hoped i really didn't know what to expect no nor did i really 
it's with the title of the godfather the, the the tokyo godfather i think that's what got in my head a little bit too much like i was thinking there was going to be a mafia i was like well, oh the sort of was in a loosely loosely but it wasn't like the help the main drive of the story no yeah so i was thinking of you know oh gang wars type thing yeah i guess there was but then i was thinking how are they going to do this in an anime style so it got that if they did they probably did it really over the top with like guns and super like slow-mo going on stuff <laughs> it probably would but the silver lining of christmas i think was like a little flurry of snow for me i don't feel like there was enough christmas impact you probably could get around get away with watching it at any point of the year i feel i don't think you could to be honest i think it is an unconventional christmas story you know it's set it is set at Christmas, and there are... Don't start this now. Come on, give <laughs> no, over. No, 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 but it is, though. Oh, it's cl- clearly defined as that. It's set around Christmas time. I'm going to ignore you. <laughs> there's snow on the ground. There's lights up and everything, and it's all very much in the atmosphere of the setting of Christmas time. And just just like which... Go on, you have to say it. Just like what movie? Just like Die Hard. <laughs> It's not a Christmas film. I said before, half the internet will agree, disagree with you. And, and half of the internet would agree with me then, if only half disagree with me. Or maybe more, I don't know. It's like but, Marmite, this is, I think. Yeah, I think it is. It literally it's, it's one is. Of those, it's going to be one of those time. I think it's people who hate Christmas that just want to see people getting shot and killed want to watch it and class it as a Christmas film because they're sick and twisted. This is obviously, this Tokyo Godfather is a lot better, by the way, just so it's not in that par. It doesn't get me that aggravated. Okay. But it being unconventional, it's shockingly quite quite violent in for its rating of 12, which it, I found quite odd. It but, baffles me a little bit, this one does. I, I'm, I'm a bit, like, lost for words. Like, I even said to you, I was, like, struggling to write things down of what we could talk about because it was, like... I just really don't know what I've just watched. Not in a bad way, but I've just never seen anything like that, I guess. For, for me personally, there was like a lot of action, like you're saying, a lot of, for an anime, I'm thinking of, oh, pretty school girl in like socks and skirt. High school, like yeah. most animes. <laughs> and, you know, it's all quite kawaii. Cu- what is it? Kawaii. Kawaii. And it's fluffy and light and this wasn't it had a bit of a gritty grungy feel yeah showing like mainly focusing on these three homeless characters we've got who are our protagonists in the story i mean when we went to japan we they kind of not really show they're not out in the open so to speak these i think these i actually people, saw but... one of the whole time that we were there for two weeks hmm. And I think it was more on the later end of the, our trip. Right. When we went to Shibuya. Yeah. I believe it was like outside, near enough, not far from our hotel. And it was on a really, really late night, actually. And believe it or not, it was near some rubbish, um, <laughs> which quite links a lot closely to the film that they're saying at the moment, weren't they? That homeless people, they say they're feeling like human trash, trash. basically. Yeah. They feel worthless and... I feel like this is a good moral to have the three homeless people because it did make me feel very grateful for what I've got. It kind of puts your life into perspective a little bit. And I think that's what Christmas is 
a bit of a meaning for. And I think with the meaning and the message, it was Christmassy. But it was just a lot of other bits which made it feel like you could just have a general story as well, which makes it not its main focus. Yeah, if it wasn't set at Christmas, it could be done at any point and just be a, a... just an anime based solely around that, but it just happens so happened to be set around Christmas time. Yes. Yeah. That's just like Die Hard. It could just be a film on its own, shooting people and climbing up. Um, what's it called now? Air shafts or what is, is it? Air shafts? What is it? Is it? A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, same thing. Just because it's based mm. around Christmas, and I think this is what this is. Mm. But this does have a good message. I don't really know what Die Hard's nice Christmas message is. If anybody does know it, just leave us a comment. Explain Stopping it terrorists. to me. Stopping terrorists. Yeah, and Merry Christmas. That's not Christmassy, is it? Anyway, our three lead characters are Miyuki, who's the runaway teen, the youngest. Yep. Yeah. I'm so glad you're doing this and not me. <laughs> we have Jin, who's like the bearded. Elderly one. Old geezer. Old geezer is called, yeah, as Which, Miyuki calls him. I think it sounds really strange that they even know what that is. I thought that was like more like an old Yorkshire thing. Like, I don't know. I didn't really know. That might have just been the subtitle translation, but... Possibly. Yeah. It did seem a bit bizarre to me, that did. And probably the, the most interesting character of the lot, because looking back on the back of the box, it wasn't really... Sure, I assumed it was a woman, but obviously, then one starts talking and acting, and especially when using the terminology he uses, mm. it is a transvestite character. Yeah, it's really, really different. Actually, something that you wouldn't yeah, no, expect. I've not seen that before. I actually really thought she was one of my favourite characters. Actually, I'm, I'm, I know it's a he, but she was portrayed to me as a she. Right. Okay. Um. So no, I I didn't know she was going to be more. I think she more would want to be... So you're going to refer to her as a she then? I feel like she this. was a she, and I right. feel like that's what she would want to be. She was called Han- Hannah. Hannah as well. Yeah, so sorry, that, I didn't that's say her, that. That has a female name to it. She dressed like a female throughout. Yeah, although Miyuki calls her, or him, Uncle Bag. Yeah, which <laughs> I think is really strange, because actually, really, to be fair, I know she's a transvestite, but I feel like she's more comfortable being a woman. So I think it's more like she... He's, he's more... Yeah, to me, yeah. she's she is, even though it's one of those kind of things where they're in that transition, Yeah. where she he is a man, but mm-hmm. she is becoming a woman, okay. in, in my opinion. So to me, yes, I will be referring to her as a she throughout right, this, just, because... Yeah, just a, a, to hands... try not to confuse the, the listeners, but yeah. <laughs> Is a female character, really. The way that she's portrayed is more female, as you can see throughout the film. And I hope that the listeners agree with me on this one, because it is the way that she's portrayed more predominantly female. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, because there's more than one time she she does get quite emotional with... (laughs) Yeah. And and that's one of the things that's quite good about this, because the expressions of all all three of them are quite expressive mm-hmm. but to find a point on it but it's it's very entertaining there's genuine i'd like chuckled quite a few times through the way that um, they came across with uh, facial expressions especially they when they were angry yeah, it's yeah, more yeah, yeah, when yeah. they were annoyed at one another yeah. 
and you could feel like this little bit of very family community was coming together. So you had Hannah, who's your mum kind of character. Yeah. And that's why I'm going to be referring to her as a she. Okay. You've got Jin, who is your drunken dad, um, basically. And then I can't pronounce her name, so what is it? Miyuki is the daughter. Please apologise in advance if I try and refer to her and I say it incorrectly. Um, but yes, yeah, she's her daughter, yeah. like the teenage daughter. And while they're doing scouring the in the the trash cans and everything for stuff to eat and you know drink and all that kind of stuff, they come across an abandoned child in in amongst all that. I don't know who who would ever abandon a child. I I feel like it must be something where you get to a really really low point in your life where. You're struggling financially to afford something. Even with dogs and and cats, I know this sounds really daft. I just, I couldn't. Even if no, I couldn't. I'd rather give the cat the last tin of tuna or something Uh, and look after it as best as I could, or give it a good home. Yeah, that's that's definitely the. There are options. You you should not just go take easy, the very very easy way out and just go right. Just put it in the bin. Well, I think it's your conscience as well. I think that's the thing. Yeah. That would be playing on the back of you no. constantly, and you would never have a decent night's sleep because your conscience would eat away. At you. It would hundred percent, and I think this is where this moral of the story kind of comes, and it underwraps quite weirdly um, to how I even anticipated. To be honest, I didn't think I'd the ending. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, but I didn't expect it. Let's just say the mm. least. Yeah, it was a twist. Sophie doesn't like a twist. <laughs> yeah, so we'll get to that as like so for the spoiler part of this. But so I want to know what your thoughts are because I think you're going to probably want to like this a lot more. I really enjoyed it for what it was. Did I feel like I was excited for Christmas or if Santa was going to come down my chimney? No, no, like it's, no not, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely not one of those type of Christmas films. If anything, it made me feel more humble and more grateful, I think. The message was really, really, really strong. So it made you realise that, A, obviously these homeless people, whoever you are and whatever you're doing, even if you think you're the lowest of the low and you think you're trash, you're really not and you can always be better than you were the next day. And I think that's 100% true. It's 1% better in themselves every day and I think that's what they got to when they had a purpose. And that was this little yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. To try and find who it belongs to, and the story is really that journey of yeah, you know, with these very minor clues that they've got bundled in with the baby, to try and figure out right whereabouts is she from, and how can we get her safely there, and you know just generally taking care of her as best they can. Even and- though, to be fair, bless them, they don't have any money. No, struggling to kind of even survive as it, as it is yeah but hannah is quite happy about this because he's never had the op- you know well, he would never be able to have the opportunity to really truly be a mother you know birthing one because of his yeah. gender and so he gets he gets you know this opportunity to become a mother essentially yeah so he... he's quite happy about that and quite attached almost immediately in a sense yeah he she she takes on that role of wanting to be the mother towards the new baby and it's a case of it is the chance that she'll never have got in her entire life mm. and she really takes that as a 
God has kind of, this is where the religious side of things comes into it, where God is kind of giving her a sign. Exactly. There is an important thing to note at the very beginning. It sort of starts off with the whole thing of showing like the nativity scene and also a choir singing Silent Night as well. Mm-hmm. So there's that whole Christianity yes. aspect going on at the very start, which, I mean, I'm maybe playing ignorant here, but I didn't know that was quite potentially a strong thing that was mm. practised in Japan. But not 100% sure, because I know when we went on our tours and stuff like that, it was more Buddhism and... Shintoism, I believe I'm yes. saying that right. I don't know, I'm not 100% sure, but anyway, yeah. I think that's correct, and I think that's, and I think it was more, it was a fine line between Buddhism and Shinto. It wasn't a case of, and sometimes some people would have different religions between the two, and it would blur a little bit, and they made their own kind of religion behind it. But I'm not sure how much Christianity religion is taught. Um, However, I did find something else a bit strange as well. It kind of fluttered a little bit in between different languages with this. So, like, there was a point where Hannah was singing The Sound of Music mm-hmm. in English. So that was, like, that was a bit strange for me because I was, like, reading the subtitles and then there was no subtitles and it threw me off a little bit <laughs> yeah. because it's like, oh, I can understand that. Wait a minute, I'm, I'm confused. Did that? I don't know if that's... Yeah, but then again, there was other bits where they were speaking English only a few instances, but but there's still subtitles on the bottom, which I don't know if that's just how the disc was um, playing it on, on that. Do you know, know I was still subtitles. reading them as well. Is that <laughs> no, that? no, so was I, but it was kind of, I know what you're saying, but yeah, yeah, it's been said, but, and it was a, like, thank you very much or something like that, but it, yeah. I was like, because I'm just, sometimes I feel like it's a thing in your head when you're watching anything with subtitles. Yeah. Like a button has to switch on and you're just automatically reading and you don't realise you're doing it anymore. Exactly. Beginning, I know I am. I feel like that's always the case when any subtitle film, really. But then yeah. eventually you kind of just automatically tune into it, yes. in a sense. 100%. And I think that's something that's really good about these films yeah. is that it does do that. It wasn't too fast either with the pace of No, the... no, with reading everything, no, it wasn't too... Because I'm a bit of a slow reader, so it's like if it goes too fast or if the content of the conversation is yeah. too quick... It's speaking really fast and it's... Yeah, I can't keep up. I can't keep up. I, so sometimes I struggle to write down notes at the same time as read. I can't multitask and I should no, be able to... No, we did have to pause a couple of, Even I did pause in a couple of times. <laughs> Sorry, all right, just make that note because I don't want to miss anything that's coming up next. There was... Also, I would say when you're on about languages again, I, I presume you're also referring to the part where there's like a Latin American character. I going didn't have a I kind clue. of sort of picked up on. I'm guessing it sounded like a Spanish tone to the voice, but there was no subtitles on the part. Weirdly, so I don't know if it's one of those things where you're not meant to know what he's saying, but because Maybe. we've had subtitles all the way through, it felt a bit strange. Whereas I think if you'd watched it in English and not had it, and then there wasn't any subtitles, it wouldn't have been a problem. But because we had subtitles, I felt like I should know what he was saying, I guess. Mm, possibly. But I feel but... like the contents of it was kind of a little bit already portrayed, and you kind of could see from the story and the visuals. Exactly, yeah, you didn't really need to know exactly. And it was only a minor part of the story. But, yeah, you kind of, for what it was in context with, you kind of got the gist of it just by the visuals alone. So. Yeah, you really did. I feel like you do get a really good relationship with the three main characters. You kind of see them being selfish. Yeah. Which 
is a really horrible flaw, but you do get to see that, but you get to see them growing out out of that, really. Yeah, they have their own backstories on mm-hmm. how they've come to be in this way, I guess, really. Yeah, even though you get to hear a couple of different stories from, from Jin. Jin. Especially, yeah. <laughs> I think he's probably my least favourite. I feel like he doesn't redeem himself as much as he could. Um, Maybe that's because he's a man or if it's because actually he's just a little bit selfish and he's stuck in his ways. I feel he is. He doesn't want Very to much. change. Yeah. He likes his beer. He likes to have a good drink and he likes to he used to gamble. Yeah. And I feel like I know, I understand that anybody can actually lose everything and it is quite sad and they can get into that position. But he really played the victim character here. Trying to make you feel sympathy for him. And it worked at the beginning because you believed it because why would you think he would lie until he does lie and actually he says that his daughter was really poorly and ill and she passed away because he couldn't afford the medical. Apparently he was a race, bicycle racer. Yeah, all exaggerated stories. I feel like he was manipulating this to for him to kind of justify it to himself. I feel like that's how he was doing it to make him think, oh, this is why I did it. I was so down in my luck and... My daughter's passed away. My wife's died afterwards. And none of that was true. He meets her in the hospital when he's been taken in after having some... Beaten up. Yeah, no. So that comes to light. Um, So Hannah's story is more... Well, I feel it's genuine the fact that he didn't have a mother growing up. He never knew her. So then his adopted mother is another transvestite who works at this club that he used to work at so that that's his unconventional family from working there i think she does have the more genuine story obviously she does have a partner and he is a he and sadly he passes away you see the picture on the wall and it is a he so obviously she is like the she in the relationship and you can see that that's where it kind of spirals where she had this relationship Obviously, he's no longer with her, and then she's struggled to, for whatever, keep her home, and she ends up being homeless. And I think she's got that little bit of pride of not wanting to go back to her kind of foster mum, so to speak, or mm. adopted mum. Yeah, yeah. Because she doesn't want to have let her down or anything like that. So I think that's more Hannah's story in this one. <laughs> then you've got... Miyuki, who's the runaway, as we said. And it wasn't immediately brought to light by that because we hadn't met the father or anything at this point. But there was an instance where she was like, a, like saw somebody on the train when the, the trains are halted, which is quite an odd occurrence. Anyway, that would happen in yeah in, in Japan because normally the trains, unless it's absolutely deadly serious, well, the trains do not Well, it was to do with the snow, no. wasn't it? So. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she spots on the other carriage, on the other line, somebody who's like oh recognizes her and she's like oh like all skittish about it like, oh. so i didn't know where her story was going to go with this one i didn't know if like she would have been abused as a younger child or something for the reasons like why she, somebody mm. so young would run away from home so it kind of comes apparent if i'm um, please correct me if i'm wrong mm. she had a cat called angel yeah that was and the cat had gone missing and she was upset with her father and yeah. she actually stabbed her yeah, father. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And this all played out in a flashback, yeah. 
because this cat's no longer around or whatever reason. She stabs her father and then runs away, basically. Yeah, because she can't face the, the facts of doing that to the dad who is a cop. So it's... So she's like, I'm going to get yeah, put into jail or something yeah. like that. Um, and I think it was just more out of upsetment, wasn't it, really? That this cat, obviously this cat meant a lot to her. But I feel like she's one of my favourite characters in the end. Hannah is just a knockout in general. And I think you just like her from the get-go. Yeah, she's definitely the most expressive. Yes. But I guess that's playing on the whole angle of what he, she is. So yeah. you can get away with that a bit more, especially to say the animation plays that very strongly. I love how they make her kind of look a little bit butch at some points and then yeah. kind of the feminine comes out in her as well, the way yeah. she's walking with yeah. her hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the movements have got that spot on. I think they really must have enjoyed creating her mm-hmm. because it's one of those not just a generic cliche she's a really really in- interesting character whereas i think miyuki yeah really yeah oh. <laughs> she develops throughout i think the most she does and there was because you always got that sense of the i don't know if you clocked the fact that there was times when she was going to like like doing like a sniff, like you know, like that's something like a, I guess a little child would do, you know, like almost like having a snotty nose or mm. anything like that. So she, you know, she's trying to play like the strong, independent. I don't need my parents or anything like that. I'm running away, but she says that's still that childlike innocence to her, despite all the attitude of everything. Yeah, and I think at the end with the little baby, she actually seems to take on more of the responsibility. Yeah, with her, I think obviously because she is. The actual female and yeah. I think her female instincts kick in a little bit and she looks after her, she changes his diaper. Um at one her. point I was thinking oh yeah, it changes her diaper. I do think she also I was wondering if it was gonna stem to where like they were on about being able to feed the baby. Yeah. I didn't know how far that, that go. was gonna go. Yeah. But it does it does go somewhere else, but it's not with her, it's with some other this other Latin American woman who's breastfeeding her own child and then also breastfeeding this one when she gets to find her in the alleyway or whatever it is, I think, just to to feed the baby. So it pans out this does even more. It spirals into, like, not just the three homeless main characters and the baby, which is called... Kyoko translates to pure one, which kind of reflects on the fact of a gift from God as they see it, for so finding like, her in the, the trash. Also linking to, like, the Virgin Mary. Mary. Yeah. Um, so going back Christmas to the... Miracle. Yeah. Which, funnily enough, I think there is... That stems quite a lot throughout the film as well, these little Christmas miracles that happen. Is that what you want to call them? Not just miracles from God? But Christmas magical yeah. miracles. Yeah. I still don't think it's Christmassy enough. There is... It's, I know Christmas is forgiving and caring and it is that, but it just didn't... I felt like there was a lot more trauma going on for Christmas. And I guess in real in the real world, that is true. So we do have a lot of little kind of blips where it's supernatural God kind of instincts where like Hannah at the end is near enough falling off the building, somehow mm-hmm. magically floats down. Yeah, we'll get to the spoiler. 
part now, I suppose. Good time as any. But the other miracle part, I'd say, was there's, there's a sequence where they're in a convenience store and they're told to get out and then completely out of left field, this ambulance comes crashing into the shop just as they've sort of like out they're out in the street so all these people you know could that were inside including them and the baby could have been seriously injured died. It's and it's just the ambulance man where then it's quite funny because he comes out of the ambulance and then says somebody please call me an ambulance and it's like well why were you driving so fast i know that they can because they need to get places but yeah that did strike me as a bit odd as to what that was all about but other than the fact that there was just a that- freak accident I think it's like an act of miracle they were trying yeah. to portray, like you said at the beginning. Yeah, yeah with they them. could have died if, you know, if, if they hadn't didn't have, moved. Hadn't, they haven't got her, yeah. So the real twist of the story is really when they think they've reunited Kyoku with her mother. Yeah, so you kind of get this bit of a split where um, Jin kind of gets left behind on a couple of occasions, so... One minute he doesn't want to help kind of find the parents for the baby. And then the other bit is when he meets his daughter in the hospital. So he's kind of on his own little path. And you've just got Hannah and Miyuki obviously trying to end the kind of chapter with the fact of the baby being able to be reunited with his parents. Even though it's further along as they investigate, they see that the parents aren't really good parents. There's a bit of a story that's kind of been grown which is kind of relating a lot to Jin and his kind of relationship. So the the father of the baby, he likes to gamble as well. He likes to drink. He's not... Almost the same as him, yeah. Literally like a, a younger resemblance of him. And then obviously the mother is kind of getting dragged down a little bit by his actions and she's trying to do good by him. And we get to see the mother getting to a point of where it's... This man really has taken his toll on her, I feel. Like, she was one, at one point a really, really happy, probably, woman going about a day, and this man's kind of just dragged her into his deep... Yeah, cesspool of his drinking, gambling addiction. And kind of money problems and all of this, the house they had to move, and she's kind of got that toll on her, and I think he's not aware of how much of an impact he's done, so to speak. But because of all this, she's gone to desperation mode of thinking, right, if I get a baby from somewhere, hospital is where they get she gets this baby from, that everything's going to be okay, there'll be a family, they'll be reunited, they'll be happy. Also, that sense of... She was meant to have a baby and obviously that... lost lost, lost it. it. So... Yeah. She was hoping, like you said, that the baby that she did have would have helped her to get to that point. And at the moment, Hannah and Manuki don't realise that this isn't her baby. Yeah. So actually, they do stumble across her trying to commit suicide because of everything that's happened. Yep. And they catch her and they actually give her the baby, thinking it is actually she's the rightful mother. Mm-hmm. Which then obviously then spirals the story even more because Jin ends up actually getting his stuff together and actually becoming a good character 
and then we kind of get to a point of where all three of them again kind of trying to find the baby that they've just given thinking they've given it to the mother mm-hmm. so obviously she's on the rooftop and they've kind of done like a cat and mouse kind of chase where they've been running after the not mother with the ba- stolen baby mm-hmm. up this kind of like you know what Japan city's like there's loads of steps and this is one tiny elevator so she's taking the elevator and she's gone to the top of the roof she's got the babies in her arm and it looks like she's going to try and commit suicide with the baby selfishly who Mm -hmm. doesn't belong to her you've got your policemen you've got your helicopters everybody's out and about witnessing this there's been a lot of stuff on the news and it's a case of now everybody's wanting to know what's going to happen to this this baby. Is it going to get reunited with its parents? Is it going to die? Because this woman has kind of gone beside herself a little bit. But the the main... What happens here is this other last miracle that you mentioned uh, before was the very another tension-building part with them all falling off, trying to catch one another... Hannah being the last one with Kyoku in hand, falling down. But thankfully there's another Christmas miracle where there's a gust of wind that blows this banner that he's hanging on to and he manages to float down safely without any harm done to either of them. And shortly after that, the baby's was like transitioned into being with their actual parents in the hospital and everything's a-okay they're all in the hospital after recovering from all that stuff and two things happen at the end mm. yes where the ending they're named we guess where the title really comes from is they've been fact the parents deciding to class them as kyoku's good parents yeah godfathers. So the godfathers <laughs> even though this one of them is a girl but yeah mm. um or another one if you don't know how you look at it two of them <laughs> and then the last the very last part is where miyuki is reunited again with her father who's come to into the hospital and i think he's part of the i don't know if he's part of the hospital or if part, he's part of, of the investigation or, investigation because yeah, obviously he's a policeman but i feel like that kind of ends really abruptly for me I think that's a bit of a weird ending I think I would have rather had that part earlier on in the story where she'd have met her father because you see a lot of it where she's trying to reach out again to him he's put a little anagram in the paper saying mm-hmm. yeah that Angel's okay she's at home and yeah. all of that trying to get her his daughter back. back yeah um and I think he really does want his daughter at home and I feel like that could have panned out a little bit earlier on, mm-hmm. not saved till the end and that actually I'd have been happy with the ending being the fact that you understood why the, the title was The Godfather and that the baby was reunited and they yeah. were going to be the godparents, mm-hmm. yeah. so to speak. I feel like that's... I don't know if you agree with me or if I just don't like a weird ending. It just seemed a bit short and abrupt the way that they just bunged that in at the end and then there was just shocked faces and that was it i think that ended it nicely really with how it you know like lead to interpretation you didn't need to be any more depth like no more ha- to be happy happy about it or anything mm, i just feel like it was just a weird way to plunk it on it yeah. it was just like oh we haven't actually had her meet her father yet let's no. just 
bung it on the end because we forgot how to add it in. I don't know. It just felt a little bit weird for me. Okay. Um, so in terms of things to sort of take away from this, really, for, in terms of its Christmas message, it's really shown the importance of family in a broad sense. Yeah, it's showing that family is wherever you want it to be. I feel like that's kind of what it's saying, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's also love was mentioned a lot. Like the, all the really all the characters just wanted yeah. to be loved, and, and th- that sense of longing for the you know for love for having a family and children from multiple characters, obviously, and through all this, you kind of feel in sympathy and empathy for the characters in their story i think it is a case of it shows you that no matter who you are or where you come from you can always better yourself you can always want to have more purpose and it shows you that anyone can do a kind gesture you don't have to have a lot Mm -hmm. to be kind and to be thoughtful and to give and i think it's to do with the giving they were giving this baby the best chance of life to say that he got abandoned initially. And I think it's the giving and the forgiveness side of things, which I saw. So you've got the giving of returning the baby back to its parents. And they didn't have to do that. They're, no, they're really homeless. Didn't. They they spent more of their money trying to get this baby back to its owner. Well, not owner, parents, should I say. It's not a dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then they should have done. You know, they really... They're really vulnerable and they're not really well off. They should be thinking of number one in that situation and they didn't. And no, I think, they showed a lot of compassion. And that's a selfless act to do, which is, I think, another thing which comes to this Christmas where it's giving, it's being selfless, it's by spending time with your family, it's basically being with there for one another and thinking of others. And this movie has that. It has its morals behind it. And it does have a lovely message. Yeah. In a weird and wonderful way of celebrating Christmas. Yeah. So we'll go to the scoring of this now. Mm. I'll Are you going go first? Because I don't know what mine is yet. Okay, so, um Yeah. I don't th- I've kind of, with me, closing <laughs> statement of like what I got out of it, really, I don't... Th- to explain too much more about it in terms of what the messages behind it and all that to ultimately come to my scoring of this. All I'll add on is that really like the, the way the story played out. Mm. The characters are very engaging, interesting. The visuals, really great as well. Um, did It surprised me with how vi- how violent it was. Um, you loved that, weren't you? Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Die hard. Yeah. Perspective. I think that kind of minus is a point for me. Yeah. It's Christmas. I don't need to see yeah, blood. I don't know. The only yeah, bread I need to see is on Santa's coat. You can say that. <laughs> and, but there was a bit of... Well, so there was a fair few instances of profanity, but, that you know, it's odd, but it's making it more gritty and real, I suppose, realistic. And one thing that I did learn... Um, was another word I picked up from what one of the characters said. It was just a th- throwaway line when you were saying, talking about left and right. 
Migi, meaning right, which I've learned from watching another anime recently called Parasite, the new Maxim. It's on, I'm watching through Netflix. And because the character in, the Parasite character in that is called Migi because he's on the character's right hand. So, <laughs> this is another so fun little thing. If you always want to say, Am I right or right to somebody? I don't know if they say I, that in Japan. I, like I don't, know if, I don't know if they refer to it the same way, but yeah. Or we can only go turn left. right in yeah. Japan. Can't go left. Is that what Yiggy. you're saying? <laughs> uh, so with all that said, I'm going to give this an eight. Very very highly scored for a non Christmas movie. <laughs> Wonder why that is. Unconventional. That's why that is. I don't think it's classed as a Christmas movie. I feel like I've been actually cheated a little bit. I feel like next year for Halloween, I'm going to put in Casper. Oh, do you remember Halloween Town or something like that? That's what we're going to have because this was this for me. It was like, we could watch this any time of the year. Yeah, it had your Christmas miracles or godly miracles. I won't call them Christmas miracles. I know you're going to laugh at me because God is related to Christmas and all of that. But I think, to be honest, it was a little bit too dark for me. Okay. I kind of so, get that because you're normally come in contrast with the what Noel was, all the Christmas lights and jolly colours and all that kind of stuff. That's me written all yeah. over in a can. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a little, a little bit... bit. Not not to say that I don't want to know about homeless people and stuff like that and know the where the morals and like obviously it's a time for giving and I get that that was the main message and I really really appreciate that because I I actually am a believer of I love to give a gift rather than receive I am mm-hmm. that that is me I love to give a gift and I think they were doing that in their own about way not doesn't have to be buying mm-hmm. something it's just doing something nice for somebody yeah and I think the message behind it's brilliant. Mm-hmm probably a better message than Noelle's. Um, but it doesn't have that fluffiness that I needed. Okay. But would you watch it again? I would watch it again, but I'd watch it in the summer. It wouldn't really matter to me when I watched it, to be fair. It's okay. just one of those. I feel like The Holiday is a Christmas film, but it's based around the holidays. It's something you could get away with watching. Okay. Not around the holidays or Christmas, I guess, is... I suppose. My train of thought, just like Die Hard, you know, wouldn't stop you watching it in the summer. Um, <laughs> so I think lovely message, bit bit gritty, a bit dark for a Christmas film. I do thoroughly enjoy it though as a film on its own. I think it really actually marks it down for me though to say it's a Christmas film. I know it sounds daft. I have high expectations when you say Christmas film, anime, Japanese, and I'm like my radar went boom 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 boom. Mm-hmm. And I think it just didn't reach that level. Okay. I also think as well, the ending did annoy me. It was like, it felt a little bit rushed and a little bit like squish everything in. Oh, she has to meet her father now because everybody else has met their relatives. And, you yeah. know, it was like, yeah. I feel like that might have been panned out a little bit better for me. Mm-hmm. So it's like trying to compare for me, like with Noel. I got that magic. Mm-hmm. This didn't have magic. It didn't have Santa, and I know no Christmas film has to have Santa, but it didn't have that magical feel. It had more like a a lesson, I guess, which is not a problem, but I feel like as it's Christmas, it needs that little bit of sparkle. Everything's shiny at Christmas, you know, all glittery. Yeah, you had your snow, though, in this. It did have snow, but nothing else was shiny, was it? Maybe no, there bit... was 
the baby was pretty. She yeah. didn't shine. Um, she did glow a couple of times. There was light um, in the... F- yeah, because it was mythically godly-like. So I feel like I can't make it higher than Noel. Okay. Is that going to hurt? I might <laughs> score it lower. Maybe I'll say a five. I don't think... <laughs> no, I was probably going to say I was looking at my scores and I think I still think Last Christmas is a knockout. Noel, brilliantly magical, made you laugh. Like, this was laughable, but it was like... I still feel like there were certain things where I felt a bit uncomfortable, like when he was getting beaten up as like a homeless person. It really, really hit you to your home truth, this did. Mm-hmm. And if anything, it, not meaning it in a horrible way, I need to know about these things and I need to be made aware of yeah, them. Yeah, of course. But really around Christmas, it that is more poignant, if that makes sense. Like people being at home on their own at Christmas and people not having a home or a family to share it with and it just seems worse. Okay. And I think it just made me a little bit sad. Okay. So your score is? It's going to be a seven. That's fine. I will accept seven. Okay. Yeah. It's not that it's a knockout. It's not It's not that it's rubbish. It is something to watch. It just, I think it left me feeling a little bit sad. To a degree. Yeah. yeah. For, for, for how, the, obviously there's just a happier ending it. Mm. As it, plays out but i get what you mean it's not it's not for everyone but i do think it's a recommendation for something a, a little bit different certainly if uh, somebody something. wants to watch something and, a little and they bit do different. like and they do like anime then yeah by all means 100 but don't go into thinking it is a fluffy anime yeah, it's no it's no ghibli no like oh i would love that like if they did a christmas ghibli i'd be all over that yeah. i'd be like that it was amazing yeah if they could, that could be a thing i would love it to bits and i think that would literally that would mark me a ten. It'd have the cuteness. It would have the Christmas special. It would, it would have that magic, uh-huh. and because Ghibli already has it, uh-huh. so like just put some Santa hats on <laughs> to Totoro. There we go. We've got it. This is probably merchandise of that already, but yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> you know what I mean. Whereas yeah. this, it was more raw, I think, and a bit more poignant and pretty and. Just want a little bit of sparkle, a little bit of Christmas okay. cheer. It just sucked it a little bit out of the Christmas cheer. So I feel like next episode, well, well, yeah, that's going to be pretty more <laughs> get more in the Christmas spirit anyway, and it's one of our <laughs> favourites anyway. So mm-hmm. I can't wait. We watch this one every year. Yeah, every and... year. And you know, a fun fact: I didn't used to like this film until I met you. No, and another fun fact: this was the. F- this was the first film we ever watched together, and it was from our first meeting together in yeah. person. So it does have a special place in our hearts. 100% does. Yeah. And I used to not like it. And when you messaged me saying you wanted to watch this, I was like, mm, do we have to? Which now sounds really strange because I can't think of not yeah. watching yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, to be high praises song about this, if it's not too much of a spoiler, but we're still going to review it anyway. We're going to, going to, um, Look out for some like facts, I think, to help us along with going through this. Yeah, review. because well, actually, to be fair, some people might not know it's about. It is a British film, so some people might not have watched it. I don't know, you know, no, around the world. Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's very, very British. Oh, it's very British. We love a good British film. Which actually, do you know what? Another fun fact: didn't used to like British films until I met you. I didn't like a lot of things until. <laughs> I met you in your film I repertoire. Really, 
don't really know about that, Paul. Might not even like you when I met you. <laughs> <laughs> so look out for that next week. That'll be the final Christmas. No, don't episode. say it like that. Don't say it like that. It makes me sad. Before on Christmas, no, that'll be out Christmas Eve. Because <laughs> it's not long now. It's not long at all until Christmas. So make sure you've been good. Because Santa won't bring you anything if you're not. And I don't think Paul's going to be getting anything this year. He's been very naughty. But if you'd like to get something, here's a shameless plug, for <laughs> Christmas, you can visit our merch store. Yes! Tea Public. They actually arrived. Yeah, have the... you seen the photos? They're very comfy t-shirts as well. They are. Super soft. Really, really nice and comfy. And the women's fit very nicely. To say the least, I, it actually looked like I had a nice figure, which was quite nice nice and surprised about. Um, so, yeah, if you do want an SP Film Viewers t-shirt, you know where to go. Paul has done really well at publicising this. And I'm just so happy that there's something with our logo on. Yes, I'm very, very pleased to be wearing that around the house. And, well, yeah, certainly yeah, around the house at the moment. We like to go outside and show it off as well when we get to... Shut off in the we big could go on a city. walk, but we'd need a coat on. Yeah, exactly. We at the this time of year. So, anyway, please also do check out our other episodes on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, wherever else you might get your podcasts from. Definitely go check the Noel one out and Last Christmas because if you want in a little bit of Christmas cheer, go right there. Yep, and don't forget to also follow us on the social media platforms of instagram twitter facebook and also you know share this with a friend spread the word about us we really appreciate yeah the listenership honestly do and anything that you do want us to review just any ideas for the new, new year, year 2021 yeah. hopefully a better year than 2020 let's have our toes yeah. and fingers, fingers and everything yeah. crossed um, do give us a shout, just messages, probably on Instagram, probably is our best, yeah, best thing. Yeah, best place to do that, yeah. Um, and just let us know what you would like us to review. Please be kind and don't pick something really horrible for me. Please? Okay, thanks. Yeah. That's Sophie's Christmas wish, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening and we'll speak to you next time. Speak to you next time. Take care now. Not long till Christmas. <laughs> Counting down those days, eh, Soph? Yep, definitely. Do you know you're allowed 12 mince pies and when it comes to like the 12 days of Christmas? So you just made that up? No, you have to eat a mince pie a day to keep the doctor away. Hmm. Sounds like something <laughs> that you've just called it as an excuse to stuff face. <laughs> Isn't that what Christmas is about? It's family, stuffing your face and drinking and giving. Yeah. All right, bye for now. See you all later. Enjoy your inspires. Bye. Bye. Bye.